Welcome to Wide Awake Stories from Insomniac. This is a journey by a journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new value, and a new experience. <laughs> Broadcasting from the Insomniac HQ, this is Wide Awake Stories. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 15 of Wide Awake Stories. It's a new year, uh, as you can tell by my very raspy, hoarse voice. I had a very eventful new year, but happy new year to all our listeners. Happy, happy new, new year. year. Happy new year. For our first episode of 2018, uh, I think we're going to do things just a tad different today. As always, I want to introduce the Wide Awake Stories team. I've got Deirdre over here. Hello. Got Ross Gardner. Hello, hello. Dr. Sam Yu. Hello, hello, hello. And uh, of course, Monica. Monica is calling in from a very remote bunker somewhere in Middle America. Is that true, Monica? <laughs> yes, an undisclosed location. Don't try to figure it out. But I may or may not be cross-country skiing right now. <laughs> we're going to do things a little bit different this episode. Um, we're going to chop it up and talk a little bit about 2018. Things we'd like to see more of. Things maybe we'd like to see a little bit less of. People have got upcoming albums, upcoming sounds. We've got a nice interview with Youssef, uh, head honcho over at Circus Records. And he's going to take us through uh, what that journey has been like for him. Nice, long, extended interview with the man. But uh, first, let's break down our little prognostications for 2018. Ross, you want to kick things off? I always feel like when I'm, whenever I write anything from Insomniac, I'm always being kind of the voice of the older guy in the scene, even though I think I, you're ironically, bit, younger. ironically, yeah, <laughs> totally. Even though you're older than I am, but I always tend to kind of keep that, um, I, that perspective. But I'm looking forward to seeing people getting a little bit older and a little bit wiser in 2018. You know, taking care of themselves a little bit better, learning how to walk through the crowds a little bit better, advancing in their music tastes a little bit more. You know, it's like it's always really nice to see new people coming in and seeing their eyes like being completely open to dance music but I really like watching people evolve and develop through the scene so it's always a treat and also curious to know where I'm going to be what I'm going to be listening to and how I'm going to be digesting music by the end of the year so yeah I'm always interested in the evolution I think the nice the, the year is a nice kind of marker point to reflect on that I agree with you man less uh, less elbows and toes and more excuse me pardon me I'm so sorry that the hand on the shoulder sorry, oh, I'm so sorry sorry it's always you, man, nice dragging <laughs> dragging Bay by her arm through the crowd you know and bumping into everybody it's like come on man less of that you know let's <laughs> let's let's learn how to like snake our way through you know <laughs> people who are who and people who are continuing to be quote unquote you know old school people that still are just as enthusiastic as they were you know 15 20 years ago i'm i'm into celebrating that as well more people joining the advanced group maybe mm-hmm. the, advanced the elders group. the elders the advanced group being a bit yeah. more inclusive the as nice well. watch yeah <laughs> the protectors of the realm you know it's nice every year i feel like i'm just becoming more and more one of those old sultry guys on the wall you know you, you need to get a, a shield with a crest on it and and the crest will be like a vinyl turn 
turn table, a glass of milk, <laughs> and uh, and maybe some earplugs. Earplugs, dude. I was just about <laughs> to say earplugs, man. I think it's important too for you know what you just said that I need to get out a little bit more and, and kind of check out a few different events. We just had last year um, Solomon at Factory 93, which is a, a great big show at the Palladium, but a really nice sound. And I think a lot of people that are they're kind of in that late 30s, early 40s were, were really enjoying that vibe and that scene. So definitely more of that. I'll, I'll, I'll pop into one of those. That definitely speaks to Ross's point about where the scene is headed and their ears kind of maturing over time. And I feel like that Factory 93 show at the Palladium was a testament to the underground scene kind of really flourishing, especially in Los Angeles, where it kind of was always tucked away in the corner at warehouses, but now you're seeing it at fully legit venues um, and these massive crowds. It was probably one of the biggest techno parties I've seen in Los Angeles to this day. I wonder if anyone thinks that, you know, I always knew a year, year and a half ago that rap was going to be the next thing. Well, I'm, used, I'm putting air quotes in rap right now. Um, but I feel like that new sound of rap that you that you really hear a lot at a festival like Rolling Loud, that's kind of catching the ear of, of the younger generation now. And I think maybe some of those people might have pulled off of that and might be matriculating into that sort of darker you know, dance music, techno, tech house thing. I, I wonder if, 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 if that new wave of hip hop is, is, is pulling some of those more fresh ears in and, and maybe leaving more discerning ears for, for dance music. I mean, I think there's a touch of that, but I feel like a lot of us, my peers, people who are around my age saw this happen in high school too. You had people who really liked emo music. You had people who really liked hip hop, but then all of a sudden, you know, 10 years later down the line, all of a sudden there's a, you know, in a hodgepodge of Venn diagram of people meeting in the middle for certain types of electronic and, and dance music. And hip hop so, is now emo. So, so yeah. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Sam, what do you got coming down the pipeline for 2018? What do you, what's your sage prediction? I feel like 2018 is going to be the year of comebacks in a lot of ways. Trance is back in fashion, apparently. So uh, particularly Psytrance, which is kind of like a new occurrence. Breakbeat is also another one that we're starting to see happen Amen. a lot, especially yeah. um, with like this new wave of Paris producers uh, or French producers, I should say. People like on Chami's label who are working in breaks, whether it's in the break of a song or changing from four on the floor to a broken beat. You're starting to see that more and more. And I feel like that whole scene's kind of coming back. Um, acid is also a sound that people are working into their productions. You're hearing a lot more 303s and squelchy bass lines, things of that nature. It sounds like I'm absolutely going to love 2018 because you just hit all my, you just hit all my feels points right there. Breakbeat, acid. You should check a new bicep album. Yep. Phenomenal. It's like okay. a really, it's like a convergence of all of those sounds. It really is like a proper like throwback to the 90s, but all been sort of modernized. There's lots of trancey sort of melodies, lots of breakbeats. That track Glue is was one of the best tracks of the year. When I was at Oasis last year, the, the festival in, in Morocco, uh, down at the resident advisor sort of stage that they had, to, which is always a place where you can expect to hear what's coming up in the future. A lot of breakbeats, a lot of like really hard, like sort of nasty acid techno, which was kind of like fast. You know, you're getting up at like 135 BPM. Like it's coming back for yeah. sure. A lot of big History definitely back. repeats itself. I think Trap and Sam, you'll probably agree with me too. I think Trap is an area where, to my earlier point, you're seeing a lot of that 
cross-pollination be a lot more authentic and kind of in that electronic music genre? I mean, you think that's coming back more in 2018? Definitely. Uh, especially, like you said, in the trap world, I feel like people like DJ Snake, Nightmare, Slander, they're all kind of piggybacking off of this uh, mumble rap movement, if you would call it that. The new generation of hip-hop is really feeding into dance music, and that's kind of... Right, those people who are into that sound seem to be gravitating more towards the hip-hop side of things because of trap, because of collabs, because of stages like the Sahara Tent at Coachella. It's pulling a lot of those younger ears more into the crossover, more into the hip-hop world. And I think what that's doing is it's leaving a vacancy for more of the heads and more of those other people to kind of create things like that that, that crowd at Solomon. I, I, does that make sense? To me, like the hip hop scene is bleeding over into dance music and not necessarily pulling them away from dance music. It's just giving the artists more tools to play with. Yeah, that's a great point. Well, I think like, you know, as, as, like this this genre or this thing that we, we've always been saying for at least the last couple of years, crossover, has come to encompass this enormous amount of music where it's really quite difficult to pin down a genre and what any of this stuff really sort of is anymore, you know? There's so much there's so much cross-pollination between all these different sounds and scenes. And it takes, you know, festivals like Coachella or like Bonnaroo or places like that, which are not so rigid in their genre, where people are coming together and you, you might spend some time at one stage and then wander over into another and start seeing all these different sounds and all these different things in, a, in some sort of contextual meeting point, you know? I think it's a good problem to have. I mean, some people, you know, sort of scoff at all of these quote-unquote over-descriptive sub-genres. But for me, as somebody who likes adjectives, any new vocabulary <laughs> added to the lexicon, I think, is a good thing. More and adjectives. good music is just good music. It doesn't matter what genre it is. So I, I still think it's a good problem to have. I'm all about adverb house in 2018. <laughs> Mumble tech, no. Mumble tech? Mumble tech. Mumble tech. That's what I'm all about, man. Mumble tech. Do you think you're going to start to see um, longer sets becoming something that's a lot more prevalent in, in dance music again? Maybe not all of the time, but I mean, certainly as much as possible. Dedicating yourself to a six-hour set. I mean, I've had chats with people who are like, you can't even open up in two hours. Right. Like, how am I supposed to get... a the point across in an hour set a two hour set I need the four hours I need the six hours I feel like the marathon sets lends itself to a spe specific type of sound rather than blaring EDM for seven hours people might go crazy but uh, yes. <laughs> th things that have a little more groove to it that have peaks and valleys you're able to go that distance Monica I know you're you're, you're currently in the bunker uh, but I mean being in the east coast and being in New York what are you what are you kind of seeing with the, the, the club environment and how that's changing because I know New York has its fair share of festivals you got Panorama I got out there you've got uh, what Electric are Zoo Electric Zoo are you kind of seeing a, a mix amongst your peers with the club I and don't the really know I don't honestly I don't really know what's happening out there all I know is that there was a new LCD sound system album this year and that's all I care about <laughs> <laughs> they're a fresh new act out of New York you might want to pay attention I think these guys are going to be huge yes did they play New York they did. They're playing like 15 dates in a row or something like that. The yeah, and they all sold out immediately and were super expensive. And I was mad. I haven't listened to the album yet, but I just remember oh, that. I remember, wait, wait, wait. I just, the, the cover, looks, the cover <laughs> looks like one of those leaflets that those Christian people hand out to you on the street <laughs> inviting you. It's just like clouds with LCD sound system written on the front. It literally looked like someone was trying to convert me. So I was like, wow, maybe I'll listen to that It's later. a good thing to be converted to, though. 
to yeah absolutely to the church of lcd i suppose the church of james murphy yes such a good dj so it's not music related but for 2018 i'd like to see um fires stop everything is burning all the time and shootings and like earlier this past year there were storms i felt like i was having to like text everyone i knew all the time to make sure that they were okay yeah i'm, I'm definitely down for mother nature being a little less pissed off in 2018 that's that's always yeah, a good thing that would be great also on a kind of heavy but really relevant tip i mean not relevant to music but really important tip is after all of these accusations all this past year of sexual misconduct by men in positions of power um, I'm hoping that we're going to see this come out on the other side with like positive outcomes, like new policies, programs, people really uh, making a, a concerted effort to start, you know, paying attention to this and calling people out and making women feel empowered to, I don't know, not be harassed. <laughs> yeah, we have a we have a poor track record of having questionable things happen and then not really following up on that with real change so I, I agree with you I'm, I'm hoping that there's a, a rising tide behind the tide that's happening right now I agree completely and I think that it will it might be a slow rise of positivity but I think it's a step in the right direction certainly um, I guess going off of that I'd like to see compassion and cons- you know conscientiousness continue um, in 2018, 2017 was rough in a lot of ways. <laughs> um, I, I won't get into too many specifics um, that aren't music related, but um, I just want to see resilience continue in 2018. We still have a long way to go to see the changes we want actually come to fruition. I think in our dance community and in the music world, we could certainly take more action. It's easy to just display on social media, you know, where you stand and and raise awareness that way. And we should continue to do that as well. But I mean, it's as simple as parties happening for a cause or drawing attention to issues that that matter to us and it's important for us and the younger generations who oftentimes use raves concerts shows what have you as a means of escape or a means of therapy to know that it's going to take some effort on our part to help each other really yeah, it's it's not just all about escapism all the time yeah it's got to be about a little bit more than that <laughs> maybe maybe it's not super sexy to talk about you know political issues at at a rave but i mean i think that we can do it in a way that is proactive and that is helpful for things that should matter to us you know you can't just like compartmentalize all of the time i remember last year at the black madonna it was right after trump got elected and the energy and the discussions that happened around the dance floor on the dance floor i mean it was it was really special and we needed it so badly so i want to have more nights like that and it's as simple as like mentioning it in a party flyer or online that we want to talk about issues that matter um before the end of 2017 you know whether it was about the tax plan or whether it's about you know daca or it's about whatever matters to you i think it's a, a simple a simple thing that we can include while we're dancing (laughs) party with a purpose yeah exactly 
Yeah, and as a culture that, you know, is based on this idea of plur, and our headliners are always talking about how they feel accepted, not judged at, you know, at these festivals, ours and other other electronic festivals, like this culture should be at the forefront of everything that everything that you're talking about, uh, show, you know, showing the world by example on how we want to be as a people. Yeah, exactly. Like no one's going to do it for us. We have to do it ourselves. I mean, I I I I think um dance music has has kind of done a really really good job in the last like couple of years, particularly the underground um in basically pushing the narrative that there is not enough female representation for instance on our lineups and I think there's been a collective effort from the scene, particularly around people like the Black Madonna, who you mentioned earlier, who's been an incredible voice in all of this, who really has like kind of spoken up about the fact that women are not being adequately represented in our scene. And the, and there has been like a lot of movement, particularly some brands and stuff have come in and made an effort to try and actually create these various different platforms and push this narrative that, you know, we could be doing better. And it really seems like it's actually working. You're looking at festival lineups now. I remember, was there one, was it So Manly or or something was it, it was a Tumblr page that started that was calling out all of the lineups <laughs> for just having men on them. I anyway, you can find it online somewhere, but it was really powerful that for the couple of days that it went around the internet because people were like, "Damn, every single lineup is like at least ninety percent men," and it started to get people talking about how they can actually change that, you know. And I think that was like that was a really important thing that came from the underground, and I don't know how that gets picked up in other scenes. I don't know if country music is having this kind of conversation conversation you know like maybe it is but dance music's always been really progressive in that regard Absolutely. I think we've done a great we, we're doing a better job certainly we certainly are I'm just saying I want to see it continue yeah. you know um, 2017 we were you know I saw a lot of people being vocal about what bothered them and not just bitching and moaning but you know doing something about it and supporting people who do something about it so I just want to see more of that in 2018 I think we all can always do a little bit more that being said looking forward to another year of really great music i felt like 2017 had a so much good music come out i was really in love with as what we were talking about earlier i thought the bicep album was incredible uh daphne's album was incredible the fortet album was incredible and of course monica lcd was was great too i mean i listened to a lot of lcd this year as well it's been a long time since i had a complete album from top to bottom on repeat I think it's important for people like James Murphy, who've been around for a while, you know, we always have these young guns popping up and, and making great sounds, but it's important for the people who have been in the culture for a really long time to continue to help others up, to continue to make a big splash when they come out with new tracks. I think the guest that we have on the show, Yusef, is someone who has been around for a really long time over the last 15 years with Circus Recordings has brought up a lot of that young talent. He's cultivated it. Um, his club night has has been a hot point for people to come in and experience new sounds, but also DJs that have been around for a minute and who have been impacting the scene for a while. We need more stewards like that. We need more people who don't want it to be all about them. They want it to be all about us. Mr. Youssef, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Rich. Excellent, excellent. Uh, I, I think I just kind of wanted to jump right in and start asking you, or really congratulating you first on 15 years of, of circus. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, thank you. It, it's just kind of uh, something that was 
designed for me to continue playing a residency in my uh, home city of Liverpool. And that was 15 years ago, and it's meant to be something kind of quite small and intimate and just about me. But as um, time passed quite quickly, um, we realised, okay, <clears throat> there's a bit more to it than, um, than what we think here. And here we are 15 years later, uh, multi-award winning, you know, huge events, uh, every credible uh, house and techno and electronica DJ under the sun uh, has played for us many times and it's just um, the same ethos is still there. It's all about just having fun and listening to brand new good music and with an inclusive atmosphere, uh, but that has stayed with us from day one all the way up until today. And for people who don't know, Circus obviously started off as a club night for you, but then grew uh, not only into just an an ever-evolving club night, but also a record label too. That's right. Um, About nine years ago, I mean, Circus is 15, so about six years into the the mix, I was releasing music on a lot of labels like... um, I think Cocoon and Saved and Underwater and a few of these other labels and remixing a lot of people like uh, Jamiroquai and Maloko and I was uh, doing a bit for a lot of other people and I just thought okay well I want to be able to control my output rather than send demos get approved, wait for someone else's schedule and then uh, work around them and then do that again and then do that again and do it again which which be- can become quite cumbersome but also it's cool if you want the profile of that label or you want to be involved with a certain DJ and I still do that sometimes to today but I just felt I wanted to kind of um, take control of my own output so I started a a tiny little DJ label based upon um, the ethos and musical um, expansion of Circus which is proper underground house and techno kind of quite colourful not so serious where it's people you know it's chin strokey uh, but on the other hand it's brand new music and I wanted that ethos to be reflective of the label so it just started quite small and again because of the um, relationship with so many friends and DJs at Circus the event uh, I knew that I could probably at some point ask a few of the guys if they wanted to be involved and and as time progressed after about 10 of my own releases um, I managed to do uh, a remix album where I asked I got Moby, Sven Vath Kaiser Disco, Giles Peterson um, and a whole host of of kind of like first class artists and I remixed them all and we released an album called uh, Youssef Circus Reworks and it put the label from a kind of DJ label to the very beginnings of uh, what I like to be considered as a proper record label and since then we've kind of invited a lot of amazing artists and we've just kept on going with the same ethos one release a month uh, every artist gets the same treatment whether you whether you're Carl Cox Green Velvet or some kid that I found on SoundCloud and what I mean by the same treatment is you get a proper PR job proper mastering mix down if you need you need a mix down really decent artwork the same amount of time frame that every artist get gets which is always four a four week window um 
same PR with the same PR company that we used for the circus events and myself. So my, my, my point is, even if you're some kid that I've just signed and I've discovered, then you're going to get the same chances as Green Velvet or Carl Cox or any of our other bigger names that have come, come to us over the years. So again, we're just still pushing forward. Um, we've released a lot of amazing records. Like I guess the most notably would be Green Velvet's Bigger Than Prince, which um, obviously went on to be a global phenomenon and of course it put Hudson's 82 on a global map as well with his remix that um, I um, got him to do and here we are five, uh, nine years into the label still growing still trying to treat it like a proper record label and still learning as we go along in a lot of ways well I think you know 15 years is a long time to do anything and, and you keep reusing the word ethos when you, you know we're talking about the sensibilities of the label and the club night but I, I think in addition to ethos I think it's a it's a state of mind it's it's a way of looking at relationships because I mean you know as well as I do you don't get anything going for 15 years or 10 years or even five years if the the way in which you cultivate your relationships isn't a positive one what's that secret sauce to to, to that longevity well <clears throat> i would say one the one thing that i've always um used as my kind of like weapon is before i started circus i was obviously on the road djing for like six seven years eight years around around the world and I come to um, obviously DJing with a lot of the big big guys and um, playing major festivals and major clubs myself. So it, it come to um, realize that you have to have a certain standard of sound system, a certain standard of um, even hotel booth setup, uh, lights, <clears throat> and all overall treatment of the artist. And that's and that's for uh, the club event and and the label. And what I mean by that is. Particularly in the club events, if a DJ sends me the rider, like I used to uh, off send a rider, I still do send a rider, but if it's met to the absolute letter, then it's their job to rock the club. And so I want to give the artist every opportunity to, to be themselves and express themselves and make sure that they connect with the audience with no kind of unnecessary obstacles in the way. And I guess similarly with the label, um, that's the what, that's the reason I give everybody the proper mix down if they need it. And like I said, all the PR and DJ promo treatments and every opportunity for that track to be a success. And it's the, the two differences are, of course, when you're DJing at the circus events or any events as a, as a major DJ, you can connect with the audience immediately. But the one thing about the record label that's different is, of course, the music is a bit more tangible. Um, so you can take that back and you can, can you can connect the dots between the event and the and the label, which is kind of the, the idea behind it, that it's not just one night. You can go home and listen to the music and become part of, of the story. And of course, because, I don't know if you've noticed, but the artwork for both events and record label are always very similar. And again, it's always to uh, connect the dots and have a certain level of quality. And, and because um, I give every DJ that plays for me and even myself at Circus um, a proper kind of um, opportunity with a top level of quality, and I do similarly with the label, um, it, they kind of represent each other in a lot of ways. 
I mean, I, I feel like we're in an age right now um, with, with music where a lot is given to people very fast. And I think people maybe miss out on the maturation and the growth of what it means to be an artist. And I don't want to say putting in dues, but a lot of people get instant fame. And I think, you know, uh, you're able to kind of have the setup that you have because you've been around for a while and you know it works and you know what doesn't. But do you ever have instances in today's EDM world where, you know, people maybe lose sight of that, where people maybe just kind of forget about that? <clears throat> um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's one uh, concern in a lot of ways. And because you did mention a word there, which is almost the opposite of historical DJ culture and the word is fame now fame and art are two completely different things and I look at EDM culture um, for the most part and I'm not being derogatory to these guys because you know they're having a great time and making a lot of kids happy but the original spirits of house music which is where myself as a DJ comes from as, as a producer a label owner an events organiser and an artist it's about the genuine historical spirit of house music and uh, everything that's inclusive about it moving forward and being creative and galvanising new opportunities and like I say um, when the fame element comes into the spirit of house music it kind of has polluted things in, in some ways um, and for me it's not really my um, attack as such don't get me wrong I've got I've got a personality and I've got a lot to say and um, but when it comes to me as a person you know I'm really fun and silly and just I'm open to anything but when it comes to me as a kind of artist or someone that's trying to do something where I'm trying to leave um leave something behind if you like um, I want to I take it very 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 seriously and um, being famous or anything that I do um, any of my creative endeavours fame is just not a concern at all um, it's um, it, legacy would be a better word yeah I, I agree I think that's definitely the better speaking of legacy you have a three year old boy congratulations of course um, if you were to put five tunes in a time capsule and leave that for him to discover in his in his early 20s or even late teens uh, and what you put in the time capsule was the five most essential classic house tracks on which to build a foundation and a love for house what would those be I know I'm putting you on the spot but I, I'm sure you, I'm sure you've got some locked and loaded already um, yeah, I mean, of course, it, it really kind of moves around with me um, because at, at the moment I'm playing a bit more techno than, than uh, I have been in recent years. But originally I started playing kind of like super deep Chicago, weird Glen Underground style house. Um, so it would be the range of, of music, um, essentially. But of course, I would always go with Generate Power, by DJ Pierre, the Wild Pitch Mix, and for me, that is genuinely the blueprint of house music because it's based in disco, 
from, um, and it's just layers and layers and layers and layers and it builds and builds and it's kind of the ethos of progressive house and I don't mean progressive house when you think of Sash and Digweed in the 90s I mean it's evolving and it moves and it's exciting and, it, and uh, it's just completely captivating so for me every time I'm asked, asked this question or something similar for me that that's always number one um, another track what would I say you know, I, w- I would say a lot by Derek Carter. It's particularly where you're at by Derek Carter because, like I say, when things broke through for me in the early 2000s, when I was really very, very young, um, Derek was my hero. And, you know, he was making some really kind of out there music. But, again, with Derek, Carl Cox and Roger Sanchez, it was those three DJs that really kind of um, helped me have confidence in my mixing style which is kind of four three four decks it's live it's always busy it's always moving it's always moving and seeing Derek play music and make music um, just for his DJ technique was really really inspiring and eventually you know he played for me on Circus first birthday and um, you know it was it was just great to have him there and then later on he's released on sex recordings so again being able to get some of my heroes to play for me and be part of what i'm interested in is uh, it's quite magical in a lot of ways yeah the full the for the full circle experience is 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 a fulfilling one for sure yeah, absolutely absolutely you know um what else a track that you might not know or a lot of people probably don't know is by a band called the dust brothers oh yeah of course well, not not the Dust Brothers. But now they're now called the Chemical Brothers. Yes. But when I when I got into them, um, they released this this EP. Um, and one of the I think it was the second track on the B side was called Fourteenth Century Sky, and it was on uh, JBO, which is an offshoot of Junior Boys Own. And again, even to this day, it's not a record that I, I would play much in my DJ set because it's really kind of like breakbeaty, acidic. Um, not particularly well made but the energy behind it is just absolutely incredible um, it's got a really famous breakbeat in it but again prior to the Chemical Brothers world fame they were DJs that were playing in the back room at Cream playing some really uh, strange music just coming over from Manchester which is only a few miles away up the road and, and that's a record that stayed with me for forever um, another track <coughs> excuse me Another track would be the original version of Chocolate City by Deep Dish. And again, um, for me, even though Deep Dish have made incredible music over the years, and not so much recently since they've gone off and done their own thing, but the first album, Junk Science, and this track, Chocolate City, was actually released before Junk Science on Tribal America. But... Again, it's almost 13 minutes, unless I'm mistaken, or nine minutes. And it starts off with this really long, um, mature sax solo around this kind of almost like techno rhythm. And again, even to this day, uh, when I get the opportunity, I always play it. It's really, for me, it's one of the greatest pieces of um, electronic music of all time. Um, (laughs) Another record, I think this is my fifth one, would definitely be Music Express by Express 2. Um, again, I think it's 20, 25 years old and it's a record that's never, ever left my box. Um, it sounds absolutely immense as it does now. It's made by Rocky, Diesel and Ashley and a, a guy called Mark Wilkinson. 
and again it's just the blueprint of my very very early years as a 14 15 year old raver but it should not have been anywhere near acid house raves but but it was <laughs> and uh, yeah you know from time to time um, it gets played still and it sounds as good as ever it's got the fattest bass line and it's got a really great arrangement um, and just the way it's mixed out you, you can hear it's done in a proper studio and with proper engineers and that's part of the reason why it's stood the test of time nice yeah those are some great tunes man some good selections edc mexico a show uh, that you're going to be p- performing at tell me a little bit about how the scene in mexico has grown because on the insomniac end seeing the growth of the show year over year has been exponential um what's it like when you go to a place like mexico and you and you bring your sound there what's the response you get you know it, mexico for me it's it's gone from um being somewhere that you, you might pop into every couple of years to being the one place I have to go every year. I mean, of course, I'm kind of blown away by the, the support I'm getting from the EDC guys in Mexico, but from a DJ perspective, um, it's absolutely ridiculous. And especially in the Neon Garden, the, which is the underground house and techno stage, um, it's gone from kind of a couple of thousand to a, maybe a few to five or six to, I think last year I played to 18,000 people in this one room and it was just unbelievable and because I think this year is going to be my third time to play and I've certainly played uh, two times in a, ro- in a row the audience really get on side and my Twitter goes and Facebook and all the socials and all that stuff goes crazy leading up to the gig during and after and what I mean by that from a positive point of view because um, I don't really rely on that <clears throat> but it's great to connect with the audience and they love or seem to love exactly what I do and of course Dave's a big supporter so uh, the opportunity to play there more regularly is uh, is very very welcomed I just can't wait to get hold of that arena again this year and um, again I always play a bit more exciting a bit more quick and um one and a half to two hours is never enough <laughs> <laughs> yeah man I, I sometimes i miss those days of of the marathon the marathon sets from you know uh, 12 p.m to 6 a.m and just have one person just <laughs> riding the vibe all night long yeah man well you, what, what's the what's the phrase you only really see what a dj's made of after three hours <laughs> <laughs> i love it <laughs> Broadcasting from the Insomniac HQ. This is Wide Awake Stories. It was really great to catch up with him. I mean, especially with his Liverpoolian accent, reminded me of talking to Dave Ralph from from our own talent department. And those guys have have have, have known each other for a long time. But Scouse, Scouse, Scouse. He's a Scouser. Yeah. God, I, I. There you go. It's all right, mate. Learning <laughs> every step of the way. Every step of the way, you're learning how to be less culturally ham-fisted. Every interview, every time I come in here, you know it's. Yeah, it's I'm it, Welsh, you get a little man. bit come better. Now. Yeah, yeah, totally. You didn't know Scouse. I didn't know Scouse. Scouse like sounds like something that you kind of season some beef with. Maybe I, I, <laughs> put a little Scouse on it. Season it up. <laughs> I'm excited that, that Yusef is going to be a much larger part uh, of EDC Mexico. I mean, that show is going to go off uh, in February. And piggybacking on what we were talking about before, I'm really looking forward to, to EDC making some of these international stops in 2018. I mean, Mexico in in a couple years' time is going to be just as big, if not bigger, than EDC Vegas. EDC Japan, um, we have coming up in 2018. I love seeing the progression of how we have brought 
these festivals and really this culture, this dance music culture, which is very American and really very West Coast in a lot of the flavor that you see with totems and candy coming into places like like Asia and Mexico and, and seeing the, the native culture adopt this rave culture that some of them may, may not have been hip to before. I, 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 more of that in 2018 for me too. It's also super exciting for EDC to be headed over to China for the first time this year. Yeah, man, it's blow, blowing up in Asia at the moment. China's like the next the next big stop for all of these the major festival brands. It's like really a lot of eyes are on the country at the moment. It's going to be a huge market once once they're sort of properly listening to electronic music and into the scene. It's going to be a game changer in the region for sure. Passport's going to be super full of stamps in 2018. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And of course, in 2018, more episodes of Wide Awake Stories, more artist interviews, more stories from you guys. Uh, you know, as always, we want to hear from you. You can find us online at insomniac.com on Facebook and on Twitter at insomniac.com. Just make sure to use the hashtag Wide Awake Stories. So we'll see you guys uh, next month for our February show. Until then, peace, love, and chicken grease. <laughs> What? what? <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Happy New Year, y'all. <laughs>